This is the evening news. Let's go now to our field reporter, Ronaldo Riviera. Yes, this is Ronaldo Riviera on the banks of the Stinky Muddy River with Mr. R.V. Frisbee. Mr. Frisbee, could you tell us what you saw? Yes, just hunkered down over there putting a stink wad on my trot line and the short hairs just stood straight out on the back of my neck and I turned around and there's this big orange thing with them purple lights on it come swooping over them pine trees and just hovered over the Winnebago there. Inez run out and throwed a skillet at it. Then she scissored and run back in up on the hide bed. About that time, a little trap door opened up, little stair steps come down, a little pink bald-headed guy stuck his head out. Now, I'd seen that movie, Close Encounters. I just walked on over there big as I can, looked up in there, and there he was. There who was? Ray Stevens on the Music Universe podcast. <laughs> bravo, my friend, bravo. That, uh, that was... That was For those clever. of you wondering what the hell that was, that, <laughs> that is the opening to I Saw Elvis in a UFO uh, by Ray Stevens. It's a fake news story, like a tabloid news story, and then he goes into the song. I We've been wanting to have Ray for months, and his PR firm says, hold up, he has a new album coming out. We'll, months and months and months. Every month we would bug and bug and i knew that would be my cold open so i've been waiting to do that for months well i think you've been rehearsing i i have <laughs> <laughs> how how uh how you doing brother because we're in a different setting than what we're used to as of late uh we've been you're, doing you video. really you're used to zoom i can't get used to zoom I, I i don't like it i like sitting down at the table having these conversations with you it's more relaxed you know, it does feel uh, more relaxed and more comfortable this way because uh, when we're on video, obviously there's a third party or fourth or whoever, and you know you're, you're kind of um, you're kind of confined to that little space. Where here we can kind of uh, veer off a little bit with the conversation as well, and um, uh, you know we have our notes in front of us, and it's just it, it is more relaxing. And I, yeah. I miss this side of it. But, you know, it's been great to have some video episodes out as well uh, for those that are into uh, actually seeing what we're doing. So a little different setup in, in many ways as well. But, you know, it's uh, it's good to be back in this setup. In fact, as you were calling me, I was getting set up and I'm like, I don't remember the last time I used this setup and things were kind of scattered uh, like my brain today. But, you know, it's kind of early here in California, but uh, we're we're getting there, and I'm I'm focused obviously in the morning on getting news out. So uh, it's it's a good little uh, break to to record with you. Oh yeah, it's nice. This was a fun interview. I have loved Ray Stevens since I since I was five years old. I mean, this is like when I talk about my grandmother had the tapes from Branson. He was one of those tapes that I just absolutely wore out, yeah. and his music. You know, whenever I would ask people, have you heard of Jim Stafford? Have you heard of Shoji Dabuchi? I would get, who the hell are those? Those uh, Branson people, right? But if I would mm -hmm. say, well, what about Ray Stevens? Especially in the rural area I grew up, everybody knew Ray Stevens. And yeah. his music, you know, everybody my generation, kind of like Weird Al. Weird Al's their novelty go-to. Right. For me, it's Ray Stevens. And I, um, and I think Ray Stevens even influenced Weird Al. Like, he's been around that long. And Ray Stevens, very interestingly enough, was an A&R man, making good money as an A&R man really? for a record company, but and then made a record, and his recording career took off. Um, and, you know, you have these novelty songs like Mississippi Squirrel Revival, Sitting Up with the Dead, 
Shriners Convention. But you also have a slate of serious songs like Everything is Beautiful. And he actually, I think you might have reported on this and I forgot about it. They did a version this year or last year called Everything is Beautiful 2020 for the pandemic. Um, hmm. So he's just been, the man doesn't slow down. He is yeah. not slow. He wants to do four more albums as a volume two this, for this collection that we're going to talk about today. Uh, In 2021? He wa- yeah, this collection, he's releasing four more. And that he's releasing four, and then he has more music he wants to record and releases four more albums. Wow. So this is like, so your line of reference is kind of the Garth, uh, blame it all on my roots sort of box set. This goes back into the 20th century, classic ballads of the 20th century, done the Ray Stevens way. And the man just has such a powerful voice. It's not hokey. It's not cheesy. It's not sad covers. You're like, wow, this, this man really made these songs fit his voice. Everything on on these records is absolutely stellar. Wow. Well, it should be something interesting to uh, to hear. Uh, let's get to the interview, and then we'll come back and uh, chat a bit more. Uh, I've got uh, a Branson uh, story for you. Well, Ray Stevens, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm fine, but I'm not worried. That's good. That is good. Life has been treating you well. You have stayed busy during this pandemic. Four new albums coming out over the course of, well, we're in the middle of the release schedule. Four albums releasing, one a month. We'll get to those in a minute, but I know it's been a little tricky trying to reopen Cabaret, uh, and I would love to hear how that's going for you, reopening your venue. Well, you know, it's going as good as it can go at this point uh, with the covid still out there and people still uh, very cautious about going out into crowds uh, and I don't blame them but uh, it's loosening up I think especially with the vaccines and and uh, so I, I uh, have high, high hopes that uh, sometime midsummer or maybe early fall we can uh, get the doors back open and start doing some performances there that's good that's good what do you miss most about performing Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's fun to get on stage and and uh, sing with a big band and and uh, you know communicate with an audience. Uh, that's what I've been doing all my life. So uh, I uh, I still enjoy it. I love that. And you still enjoy recording too. These four new albums under the project "What's Old Is New Again." Two albums are out now. Two more are coming out. What sparked the idea for a quadruple album of classic covers? Nothing sparked it. It just happened. I was, you know, I I couldn't do any shows. uh, Mm -hmm. So I got in the studio and I've been working and having fun. I've always enjoyed recording. Yeah. How did you choose the songs? I don't know. I just picked songs that I've always liked. And, uh, you know, I wasn't excluding any songs. I just uh, chose the uh, Recorded the first ones I, in the list that I came to. I still got a lot of songs left on the list that I want to get to later, so I'm not through. But uh, it's uh, uh, just songs that I like. Love that. And you've done some unique arrangements. I was listening. I love bluegrass, and I love your bluegrass arrangements on uh, on that album. Can you talk a little bit about the process of rearranging some of that music? And did it remind you of like when you went in the studio and rearranged Misty? You've been rearranging all your life. What was it like to get creative? Go ahead. 
Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Misty was kind of the spark that uh, made me want to do uh, this album because Misty was certainly not expected to be done uh, with a banjo and a fiddle and a steel guitar, but uh, worked out pretty good. And so I decided to do an album and uh, of songs that people would not expect to hear done bluegrass. And uh, I decided also that it would be great if uh, I put a, a symphony orchestra, strings and horns on the album. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm calling it Melancholy Fescue, which is subtitled High, Ta- High Class Bluegrass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My favorite, my favorite cover that you do on that is, is Pretty Woman. Because nobody would think to take Pretty Woman and make it a bluegrass song except Ray Stevens. Talk about that one. Well, that was a lot of fun to do. I've always liked that song. It's a great Orbison record. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, had that movie that really catapulted it into uh, superstardom for songs, you might say. And uh, so I I, uh, really wanted to do that one in the album. And it turned out well, I think. It really did. I, I love listening to it. You know, and for those that don't know your history, you were an A&R man before being one of the most well-known recording artists in country music and in, in music in general. How does your experience as a, as a record executive, if it does at all, play into your creativity as an artist and what you look for? I don't know. I, uh, you know, when you're a producer, you have to think of all the aspects mm-hmm. of the session. And uh, uh, also, I was—I've always been an arranger, and so I, you know, I kind of go in uh, with preconceived notions about what should be done and when and where and all like that. And uh, I'm not just concerned with one instrument, so to speak, or not just concerned with just singing the song. I—I kind of have to try to visualize the whole package, and it's a lot of fun. Love that. Now, on my birthday. June 18th, the whole, all four albums are going to be released as iconic songs of the 20th century, the soundtrack of our lives. Is there going to be any bonus material or is it just going to be the four of them packaged together? Well, right there, at that point, it'll just be the four of them packaged together, mm-hmm. but that'd be volume one. Yep. And I'm, I'm working on four more albums that will be volume two and, and complete the package and there'll be some songs from every decade in the 20th century and uh i think uh, iconic songs of the 20th century will be more applicable uh, at that point because of this uh, the product will contain uh, songs as i said from every decade i love that well some of the iconic songs of the 20th century are ray stevens songs uh everything is beautiful misty Mississippi Scroll Revival, I could go on and on. When you look back at your catalog that, of that original music, what do you make of its staying power and the fact that people still listen and love your music to this day? Well, I'm very thankful. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, everything uh, in the world these days it has a finite lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know... Uh, you can't get cocky and you can't say, oh, boy, I'm here to stay because nothing and nobody is here to stay. Mm-hmm. But uh, while you are here, enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Well, and you also got really good at adapting. I mean, with your political humor, your political songs during the Obama administration, you became a master of YouTube as, as a senior citizen, which is 
really rare. And I love that you've embraced new technology. Well, I got people helping me on that. You know, I, I'm not sure I understand all there is to know about <laughs> all this new technology, but I've hired some younger folks who uh, are helping me and uh, maybe I'll muddle through. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The last thing I want to ask you about is my favorite Ray Stevens song, Everything is Beautiful. I think that message is more needed today than than ever before, and that is a song that has stood the test of time. You ever get tired of it? No, it's it's been a great song for me, and uh, I did a new album. It's called, I mean, a new version of Everything is Beautiful. It's called Everything is Beautiful 2020, mm. and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, a, an updated uh, musical arrangement and we did a video and uh, I think that turned out well too. I hope you get a chance to see it. I will, I will. And I think it just proves we need that message and we need more Ray Stevens in our lives. I love this four album collection. I'm going to get that birthday present to myself and buy all four of them. Thank you so much, Mr. Ray Stevens. It was an honor speaking with you. Well, thank you, Matt. All right, so I I said at a Branson story. Really, I've never seen him. I've been to Branson numerous times, especially living in Missouri. <laughs> I remember seeing his face plastered all over billboards, and I'm like, "Who is this?" Guy? Oh yeah, and uh, the Ray Stevens Theater. I I believe if I if my mind remembers correctly, ninety three was my first time there. I believe. Ooh, the heyday. You got stuck in that traffic. Oh, it was. It's like Nashville traffic in rush hour. But yeah. it was so fun because there was so much to do, like all these gaming places, go-karts and all that. And, of course, we're on vacation, so we're going to take advantage of that. But, yeah, coming over that hill and just on Main Strip, traffic was horrible. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing the Ray Stevens Theater. I'm just trying to remember if I saw a show that wasn't his in that theater because we did see a show or two. Um, I just can't recall offhand. Um, but that year was the year that um, we had uh, seen and met uh, Ferlin Husky. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. I know the name. Yeah, uh, the name. a gospel uh, guy. And um, he was telling this story from the stage. And we were there. My whole family was there with my uh my grandfather on my dad's side and uh, my two aunts on his side. And he's telling this story about um, a childhood friend. Well, that childhood friend was my grandfather. Oh, wow. And we're sitting in the stands there in the seats. And um, I think my dad was yelling, you know, on the stage, hey, he's right here. And we hung out with him. Uh, you know, he came out of the backstage door to the side of the stage and we talked to him probably for about an hour or so after the show and he signed at the time cassette tapes <clears throat> that was a deliberate cough um to us and um you know wings of a dove was his he signed what to you cassette tapes <laughs> oh yeah old so, um, old that's why i coughed so that was cool that was my first branson experience so i i never really got to see ray but was furlan um, husky at ray stevens theater I, I'm trying to think if he was. Something tells me he was actually at Christy Lane's Theater. Okay. Yeah, Branson, I just, I, I want to write a book about Branson. That that town. Mm -hmm. So much history. Anyway, you know, and Branson's coming back. Their shows are starting up again in, in May. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I might go down to see Mickey Gilly and Johnny Lee. 
I've actually... been there likely more times than I have, and I'm from the state. How many times have you been? Three that I can remember. Oh, yeah, I've been there more. <laughs> Let's see. When did I go last? Okay, so I went in 20... Okay, so 2000, 2005, 2011, 2012, 2013. So that's five right there. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Waited years. Years went by. Then I think in 2018 was my last. So about six times, six or seven times I've been. Um, and I, I bet it's changed every time you've been there. And not for the better, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of where things have gone. I was interested years ago to move back and try to um, perform, you know, with one of the shows. And I was talking to a friend of mine who had lived that scene for a while. And he was out here in L.A. and then he did the Branson thing for a bit. And then now he's uh, like in Franklin, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. south of Nashville. But I had considered trying to find some work there playing music he said it had changed so much so so to gucci if he's still around he at that time and this was maybe less than 10 years ago mm-hmm. he um he was the top dog at that time and he said that it's no longer where you have um ticket people merch people anything it's the band they are doing all of that before the show. And yeah. you're not able to travel more than like a couple hours distance as long as you're under contract with them. Because if they want to rehearse or they want to perform, you've got to pretty much drop what you're doing and go do that. And I realize that's not the lifestyle that I want to live. For one, uh, you know, not, I, I appreciate all that side of stuff because I think it's interesting. You know, you, you have all these components that make that show go on but as a musician that's performing that night i don't have the mentality to do those other jobs because right. my mind is focused on playing the music yeah. and you know so i it just when i heard that and then you can't really go beyond you know a, a certain uh mile radius of uh, branson it's like yeah not really my thing. Plus, it didn't really seem like it uh, paid because Branson's really gone um, downhill as far as like the the top of the line entertainment that they've used to have. This is coming from right. not well, from Ray, me. That's just what I've heard. Right. Well, Ray's not in Branson anymore, and I think it's a symptom of that. But he does have his own venue, Cabaret. He mm-hmm. said it's not Cabaret; it's Cabaret. I've been in New York, and I've been. Walk, you know, and I've been cabaret <laughs> for too long, um, but it's it's cabaret. We talked a little bit about that in the interview. And by the way, I know that interview was short, but I got in everything I want. And man, did he power through his answers. He talked about um, cabaret and it was supposed to open back in October, but they're hoping that by this summer and fall, they'll, they'll be back open. And it's so. in Branson, right? No, that's in Nashville. Oh, so he's in Nashville now. Yeah, so I'm sorry. What I what I meant to say is now he's in Nashville, but he still has his own venue uh, there. But he closed up the Ray Stevens Theater, sold to RFD, and it became the RFD Theater, TV Theater. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't believe RFD still owns it. I think they got rid of it too. So, mm. but that was one of my favorite theaters in Branson. Uh, huge theater. Huge, huge theater. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Branson was uh, fun. The last time I was there was, I think, 2007. And uh, I did the drive from Nashville to Branson uh, and back. 
and um, it was just one of those. Um, it was fun to get away, but yeah. um, so much had changed. I mean, I, I in fact, it may be a throwback Thursday photo at some point, but I found last week, I literally scoping through my archives, and I found a picture of me standing. It's taken from the back. Uh, I'm standing and watching like this drum, this drum thing happen on like in Branson Landing. Oh, cool. So yeah. um, you'll you'll see the hairstyles quite a bit different. But uh, if I post that, uh, <laughs> I like you with short hair. You need um, you need to get back to short hair. Now nah, you need to shut up. All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. Keep checking out themusicuniverse.com for more news and exclusives. And we now have a website, tmupod, tmupod.com. We'll get you linked to all of our distributors for the show. Plus, uh, you can find us on socials for the video episodes and more. Thank you for listening.